This mom must be holding a golden ticket. Welcome to How Mom Made It. I'm Mary Goulet. And I'm Heather Ryder. And in this episode, we're chatting with a mom who's making it, making chocolate. And she's actually building her own chocolate factory. Welcome to the show, Teresa Black. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to be here today. Oh, so this is actually our second time that we've interviewed you. And tell us a little bit about how you got started. You're a retired military mom, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And so tell us Uh, about how you got started in the whole making chocolate. Yeah, so I I got deployed back in uh, 2018 for a little over a year. Uh, I left a week before my daughter's second birthday. Uh, and I was gone for that whole time and I cried every day, every single day. Uh, and I, I knew I could never deploy again. Um, so I decided to start a better for you dessert company as a promise to her that I would never leave her again. Uh, and so, um, we actually started off making gelato with, that was sweetened with dates and then pivoted to chocolate when COVID began. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it's funny, actually, I learned how to make chocolate by watching YouTube videos. Really? Um, and then I just experimented with different sweeteners. Yeah. <laughs> So your your daughter, she was the motivation. Yes, ma'am. She was. She's. I mean, she still is the motivation. Um, I've, every day, because I'm still I'm still in the reserves, um, and so I have uh, five years before they can deploy me, and so I have to be able to separate from the reserves before that five years ends. Um, so the the business has to get to where it needs to be by then. So things <laughs> things started happening pretty quick, though. Once you. Um start once you decided that you were going to start making chocolate because I remember that you had um won like a huge uh investment or some kind of prize that kind of got you started is that am I remembering the story correctly you didn't even tell one <laughs> I know it's actually funny she, I actually she knows so. the story. <laughs> exactly. you tell us the story yeah so I actually did I want to um I actually started the company off of um my own savings I did win a competition for $350,000, but they never gave me the money. What? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So they never gave me the money. And so, um, but I did pivot to chocolate that same, around that same time frame and got into over 200 stores in that, like in less than six months. So when I had been making the gelato, I had got, I went from one grocery store making gelato to over 200 um, making chocolate in just six months. Uh, and so since we last spoke, um, we're in, we just expanded to even more stores. So we just, we just increased um, to over 400 Walmart stores uh, and we're in Whole Foods now. We're, so we're, we're, we're kind of everywhere on the East coast. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So we have to back up here yeah. a little bit because you taught yourself how to make chocolate by watching YouTube videos and your daughter was mm-hmm. the motivation because you knew that you couldn't deploy again. So tell us about that process of actually, I know you started out making gelato, but how did you start, how did you pivot to making chocolate and then actually how to start marketing it to get to where you are today? Yeah. So I, I actually started making the chocolate for the gelato because like I said, it was date sweetened and they, there was no date sweetened chocolate out there. And so in order to make my uh, chocolate flavors, I had to make my own chocolate. And so that's where it started. Uh, and then when COVID happened and all of the shops shut down, we had to pivot time kind of like to a, um, we were actually open to the first year of COVID and then our, we had a temporary lease at the spot that we were at and they gave it to a permanent tenant. And so we had to shift to an e-commerce model. So we had to move to a commercial kitchen and gelato does not work e-commerce. It does not work. And so I was just like, well, I wonder how this chocolate would do if I put it into the grocery store. 
And so we tested it out at that same grocery store where we had our gelato. And it was outselling one of the number one better for you chocolate brands. Um, and so it was just like, this is it. Um, and it cost significantly less because it cost a hundred dollars just for shipping the, the gelato by itself. Um, just shipping it. That's not including the dry ice. It's not including the actual product. It's just the shipping cost. Wow. Um, and you go from that to shipping for only $13 for chocolate. And it's just like, oh yeah, of course, of course I'm going to do this one. Um, and so that's how I switched over. Yeah. But you know, it's not that easy to start a business and for you to get into six, no. into so many stores in six months. I mean, were you the sales rep or did somebody else help you with that? No, oh, yeah, it was me. It was me. I, I actually, so I went to Expo East. Um, and so there's a program. So New Hope actually runs Expo East and they started a program that, that Expo East, I think it was 2021 where they, um, they were giving like uh harvest festival has a, it's, it's one day of Expo East. It's only like 30, it's only for like three hours. Um, but they gave a lot of BIPOC owned brands, so, uh, minority owned brands. Uh, they gave them a little tables at, at the harvest festival. Um, and initially it was primarily because there's not going to be a lot of people there because it was still during COVID people weren't coming out. Uh, and, but the problem was that it was the first show since COVID started, um, the first food show. And so a lot of people came out, like a lot of the different retailers came out because they were just excited to be back out there again, but not a lot of vendors came. And so as a result, every single supply, like every single vendor stopped at our booth at our table. Uh, and so they checked out our table and they tried our chocolate and they were just like, this is amazing. And that includes Whole Foods. Like, so they all came out there. They tried it. They loved it. They're like, we want to bring you in. Well, then I also had won a, a uh, booth at Expo East. And like I said, there was not that many vendors there. And so everybody that was, that all the, all the grocery stores that came, they came by our booth. And it got to the point where they were actually going to the other chocolate companies and telling them, hey, go try out, put up a sweet. Their chocolate is really good. <laughs> um, and like everybody, everybody found out about us from that. So basically by just showing up. Yeah. Good point. You know, you showed up. Well, some of it was just showing up and, and then the other part. So like a, a lot product. of the shows we got into. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the shows, a lot of the stores we got into was during that time. But like Walmart, we got into through open call. Uh, so Walmart does an open call every year for uh, American made brands. And so they, you can pitch to Walmart that way. And that's how I got into Walmart. Um, so I got into Walmart. Actually, they were the first major retailer to pick us up. You're actually the second mom that we've talked to on this show that went through the open call um, process at Walmart to get their product on the store shelves. It's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity. I think if most people don't know about it, but I mean, honestly, anybody who's making a product, if it's made in America, anyone can pitch to Walmart and people don't know about this and it's free. Yeah. That- um, like a lot of the grocery stores and stuff, they're, they're very, it's very difficult to find out how to do it, but Walmart is the easiest by far. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And how very, and so before also we started um, recording this episode with you, we were asking about the building of the chocolate factory because You've re- your story has kind of just like taken off and a lot of people who are listening would think, oh my gosh, this is like an overnight success and now she's building a chocolate factory, but it's a lot of hard work and it's also the reality of it is what we were talking with you just before we started recording is it's very stressful too. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the reality yeah. of running a business, right? Yeah. Um, so our brand name, actually, the way I got our brand name out there was I actually started at farmer's market. 
and so farmer's market, the closest one to me is like an hour away. So I was waking up at like five or four o'clock in the morning, driving out to the farmer's market, getting set up. And you have to understand that there's a lot of stuff that becomes in the setup. And so I spent the first two years of our business doing that and um, like getting no sleep, working at the same time, like doing two different jobs. Uh, and like, yeah, it's not easy. And I, I do everything by myself. And so um, at certain points, I did have other employees that helped me out in the commercial kitchens. And so they were helping out, but most of it was done by me. Uh, and so it, it's a lot of long hours, a lot of research, a little bit of sleep uh, and, and a lot of just planning, really. Um, in between this time, like I've, I've met a man and we've gotten engaged. Congratulations. Uh, and he, thank you. Um, but he constantly is just like, oh, you're always working. It's like, you're never tired. It's because I can't show that tiredness, but I'm always exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a constant nonstop because if I don't do it, it's not like someone else can come back and pick up the slack, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been constant nonstop working. And then, and then when it comes to the factory, um, like we had an investor who said they were going to put the money in. So we had, we, we've gotten one primary investor so far. Um, and he was, he was offering to give us another investment, but he needed someone else to come in with him. And so we found another investor or I found another investor and then they changed the terms last minute that would have taken like for a little bit of money, they would have taken more than 55% of my company. Um, and that would have made it so that I, I lose my woman owned certification and I wasn't willing to do that. And so as a result, like I was, I had the money for the factory and then it was gone. You know, uh, then I had to go through the SBA loan process. Um, which we got approved for that back in March, but it took until like May to get the money for it. Like it's just, and then um, we have a huge order, like a huge expansion within Walmart that was supposed to happen this month. And all that got delayed because of all these delays. And it's just been like, where we have like, you know, we're at risk of getting kicked out of Walmart because we can't deliver on time. And it's just like all, like all these things that I just can't control. Um, and so we had to go to a co-packer who the co-packer then delayed by three, three weeks. Uh, and it's just like one thing after another, after another, after another. And it's, it's terrifying because at the same time, it took me so long to get the money. And then here, here it is all at risk because I can't, we can't get the things that are out of my control, you know? And that is, and you're, we talk to so many entrepreneurs and people starting businesses and it is so you work so hard and you do, and you have great products and you do all these things, but then there are so many things, like you said, even with COVID, with uh, people who were starting businesses and people got, who got shut down by things that were completely out of their control. Mm-hmm. And how do you, when, as somebody who is the, like, you're, you're the company, right? Yeah. How do you mm-hmm. keep yourself going? How do you keep yourself inspired? How do you keep yourself motivated to get through this? Isabella. I mean, my daughter is, is and it, 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 it sounds kind of cheesy, but every single day I wake up and I know that if I don't do this, there's a chance that I could have to leave her again. And I barely made it through the last time. Um, and she struggled through the last time too. She's older now, obviously, and now she can understand a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, way better than what she put it to um, why I would be gone. But like, I couldn't do it again. Like I personally, I couldn't. And, and knowing that and knowing what like the alternative is, um, and it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's weird because I, I also have a law degree, right? I'm also a licensed attorney. Um, so I guess ultimately I could easily just leave everything and just go do that. Um, but I think the big issue for me is that um, 
while you're in law school, they start, they, they put us in these classes and they're, they're letting us talk to other attorneys who are currently practicing and you just hear the suicide rate and the drug abuse rate, the substance abuse rate, the alcohol abuse rate, like they're so high in the field of attorneys, especially if you're doing the jobs that get you the real money, like the good money. Mm-hmm. So it's like either you can be very stressed out and, and like potentially be at risk for suicide and addiction, or you can take a job where you're working for like at a public defender's office where you're really stressed out and you have less likelihood of abuse and, and, um, and an addiction, but you have this burnt out, you're burnt out. Yeah. Um, so it's like on my packaging, it, it, yeah, like it's the stress of that. And like one of the facts of my, my packaging, so I have these facts about social justice. And, and one of the facts of my packaging is that some attorneys are so overworked that like these public defenders, that they only have seven minutes per client mm-hmm. um, to work on their cases. And so it's just like, you have all these different options, but like, which one is the best? And I think that the one that I, the path that I've chosen is, is the best way forward. You know what it is? I mean, cause Mary and I talk about, we talk to entrepreneurs and even in our own business, you know, and the stress. And I understand also when you're talking about like the farmer's markets and the setups, because I used to run a malasada mm-hmm. business. My girlfriend um, lives in the islands in Hawaii and she runs malasada, uh, malasada company, which are these Hawaiian donuts. And I told her, mm-hmm. Hey, I'll bring it to California. Just let me know. And so I started this like super, um, I was super naive and, uh, what do you call it? Like rose colored glasses, but working in farmer's <laughs> markets is a lot of work and setting up mm-hmm. and doing it all yourself and working. I had to work out of a commercial kitchen as well. And like, you can hire people, but then that kind of cuts into your profits and why you're even doing it in the first place. So you end up doing so much yourself but that's like any mm-hmm. business, like you end up really, when the company is you, you really end up doing so much. And it is, I think no matter what path you choose, there's stress, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the option, she's, yeah. you know, the military or law, uh-huh. I'd stick with chocolate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a lot sweeter. It is, it is a lot, lot sweeter. Su- it is a lot sweeter. And you've had so much success and you know, you have a good product. It's like trying to get through all these hurdles. But what I love about talking with you right now during this time is, um, the reality of it, the reality of business and the reality of getting through like, and don't you kind of know in your heart of heart that you're going to get through this, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, what I found is that when we can do demos um, at grocery stores, like cause I, the biggest issue right now is our price point um, because we don't have the velocity to decrease the prices yet. Like we can't buy enough volume, like our ingredients in enough volume mm-hmm. to bring the prices down. And then when you have the cost of labor and all that stuff, like everything, like all the numbers, they just don't drive for us right now because of, 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 of like of, of that. And so, um, this whole process of like the reason that I know that our product is going to make it is because when I do a demo and people are able to try the chocolate, they try it and they're just like, I'm, I'm getting it. Like it doesn't, the price point doesn't matter. And the biggest obstacle at this point that we have to, that I have to get over is that there's that thing is that demos, especially at like Whole Foods, like the different grocery stores, so many grocery stores, it's very, it's very expensive to do these demos. And so when you're trying to build a factory, you have to like kind of pick like, because the price from the factory went from one number to a hundred thousand dollars more. Oh my gosh. And so, and then, and then add on top of this, this Walmart order that I now have to find a co-manufacturer to make for us 
So in addition to doing this, I now have to pay extra money on top of this to pay a co-manufacturer to make our chocolate, get it shipped back over here, hope that Walmart doesn't change their mind about taking it, right? Uh, and, and and pray that we can get that money to come back in. And it's just like, you're, you're like the price, like we're trying to balance all this out and then saying, okay, I can devote $20,000 to doing demos at Whole Foods. It, it's not possible. Um, and then Whole Foods is telling, or not Whole Foods themselves, but like the program they work with, they're telling you, oh, well, you have to ship all the products to us each individual store that you want to do a demo at, or we can buy it at the grocery store at full price. And it's just like, so like, these are so many things in one hand and half a dozen in the other. I know. And this is so much though. What a lot of people don't understand about, um, business, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. are you're, you're learning so much in this journey. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that you, people, I always say, like, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And learning it sucks like, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> when the reality hits you. Yeah. Because it's just like a lot of people think that if you have a good product, that that means you're going to be successful. And that's not real. Um, you have to have you have to be in the right place at the right time, but also have have enough money to be able to support everything. Because like we've grown pretty fast and I've had to turn some opportunities down because I couldn't afford to do them. Um, like we had Costco offer to bring our products in a couple of years ago and we couldn't do it yet. Like we couldn't do it. And now that I'm, now that I'm like getting to the point where we're almost able to, I can't get anybody to answer the phone, you know? So it's, it's just like, same thing with Target. Like they approached us and it was just like, um, we're really interested, but I couldn't do it. And so, um, it's just, it's just been a, it's been a, an uphill battle, but also like, it's very difficult when you have these people throwing money at you or trying to throw money at you and you don't have enough money to, to support, to support it. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and then also you don't want to, like you were saying, you're not going to take a little bit of money to give up your company and to give up your status as a woman owned business. Like there's all these catch 22s in running a business and, and especially scaling to the level that you're scaling to. So why did those people want 55% knowing that it would take away your status, which would undermine the company overall. Right. Yeah. I don't get it. Why yeah. would and they- this is what I explained. I don't know. <laughs> and that, that was the point that I understood that it wasn't about. So some people invest in a business because they believe in the entrepreneur and they believe in the person and they want them to succeed. And some people, and, and most people though, they, they, they invest most people. And this is not singling this person out because it's not just that person, right? Most people that invest, they're doing it to make money. That's the reason to invest. There's no other reason for most people. Right. And so, or for majority, like 99%, we're going to say 99% of people invest because they're trying to make money right now. Uh, and so if you can see that this company can make money, but that right at this exact moment, you can get in and get a really good deal because they are desperate and they have no other options. Why not mm. try? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not something that I would do, but like at the end of the day, like most people will. Because they know that their money is going to be a game changer. But the reason I didn't take the money is because I also know at the same time is if I lose my woman-owned certification, I lose a lot of the opportunities that I have. And I lose all the, like, some of the discounts that you get. Mm-hmm. So when you go into, like, major grocery stores, a lot of grocery stores are willing to waive, like, the shelving fees and they're willing to waive the, uh, the, the um, free fills and stuff like that if you're a woman-owned business. Mm-hmm. I lose that. And then that's hundreds of thousands of dollars that potentially is lost. Um, when I'm getting into these major stores, like giant, like, you know what I mean? And, and so, uh, it's just, um, it, it, it wasn't worth it. And I explained that to them. I was just like, I'm going to end up losing. It's going to cost me more money 
to take your money than it would for like for the money that you're giving me. Um, and so I tried to explain that, but it was just like, oh well, then I guess you don't want it. And I, that was the end. That was the end of the conversation, really. Oh my gosh! And so now, this the chocolate factory. Where is where is it located? Is it in? It's on the East Coast. It's on the East Coast. Yep, we're in Leonardtown, Maryland. Uh huh. Um, I so I moved here actually. Um, me and my fiance got a house here, and we moved here, and then with the idea that this is a lot cheaper than where I lived before. So where I lived before, there was no way in the world I was going to be able to afford the, the big space. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it's, it's an affordable amount and it's on a, it's in a great location. Um, and so we're going to be able to have like a little retail front and then we'll be able on the weekends to do like little chocolate making classes. So people can come in and, and do chocolate pairings and we're going to sell coffee out of it. Like, like roast our own coffee and people can do little pairings there and tastings. Oh, beautiful. Um, so it's going to be, super exciting um and a lot of opportunity for people to really see the process of making chocolate and how it's done because like i said right now it's a mystery um people know that the product gets there and they don't understand why the prices are so high when you're making certain types of chocolate like why is hershey's bar only a dollar and 79 cents but your bar is seven is is 7.99 um and like a lot of that goes into like sourcing right and then also like the process of making it like if you're making if you're sourcing bad product right and bad ingredients and cheap ingredients then that's what you're going to get out of it mm-hmm. um and that's what you get you get sugar right. that's the number one ingredient on a hershey bar mm-hmm. um and some people like that and i get i get it so like people a lot of people like that because hershey bar is the number one chocolate bar in the world right or in the country um but the reality is that like if you want a, a, a actually good tasting bar like a chocolate bar not a sugar bar that's what cho- that's what hershey sells they sell sugar bars we sell chocolate bars you can taste the difference so tell us about your product. Yeah, so uh, I mean, our chocolate is made using only three to five ingredients. Uh, we sweeten using dates, so zero added sugar and zero sugar alcohol. Um, and we make sure that it's a pure, clean product because, like I said, I made this product for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made it so that she could have it. And so if I'm going to give this to my child, I want to make sure that everybody's child is getting the same thing that I have, the same standards that I have for her, and everyone else has the option to do that as well. Um, and so they're super clean and they're made for kids, right? So kids love them like kids like them. And, um, so you don't have to worry about like giving your kid a chocolate bar full of stevia or a chocolate bar full of sugar. They'll take the bar and they'll love it and they'll ask you for more. And it's, um, and you're, you're, it's kind of like a trick. You're, like, you're tricking them to eat healthier and they don't even know it. <laughs> hey, we were always tricking our kids just a little bit, aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> Hide the peas in it somewhere. So... This is so fascinating because you sound like you're still in the thick of it. Like you've got a lot yeah. of balls in the We're air. We're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like what would I'm juggling every day. What would being there look like? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I think you're always trying to get there. And then like what is the ultimate goal? I mean, the ultimate goal for me is to sell my company so that I can be with my daughter full time. Um, and you know what I mean? We can be together and like, not have to worry about, Oh, I'm not like right now we have mommy Bella day. So Sunday is mommy Bella day. And so that is her day to do with me, whatever she wants. Um, but like after school, I make sure I help her with her homework. I make sure that we talk about her day when we eat dinner, we talk about what she did at school. Um, but like, I wish I had more time. Like I, I literally cried the other day when I was falling asleep because I don't feel like I have enough time with her. Um, and I, I felt like I did this so I could spend more time with her and I'm still not getting that. Um, and so at the end of the day, the goal is to, is to sell, is to sell our company. And I think that, um, 
like uh, Hue chocolate and, and the sale of lilies, they are key, um, like they're key in, in showing that, like demonstrating that this is a place where a lot of chocolate companies want to go. They want to go to have a better for you product. And so our chocolate right now is the only chocolate that is made using something other than sugar alcohols and coconut oil. I'm sorry, is that coconut sugar and sugar alcohol that is better for you. Um, and so I think that we have a really, a really good opportunity. So do you think it comes down to more reach? Like, I mean, it's, it's almost shark tanky in a way. You know, you're pitching it because the product's yeah, I mean, so pure. I mean, you've had a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. I, I think that when people, I think knowledge, like I don't have any marketing budget. Like I have no marketing budget. All of our sales so far have come because people either told someone else about it or they just saw it at the grocery store and tried it. Um, and so I think that says a lot. I mean, most companies without a marketing budget, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that I don't have a marketing budget, like if I could just get the money to do these things, and, and I, got, I guess that's what everyone says, right? If I could just have more money, um, I could be successful. And everybody says that same thing. So I guess there's no difference between me saying it and someone else saying it. But um, I know that like if, if we can just get it into more people's mouths, get more people to see it. Like if we get, if we can get onto the shark tank, right? Like we can get onto shark tank or we can get onto, you know, Oprah's favorite things. Um, these places like would give us the, the reach that we need. And I think that from there we, we, like there's no limit. The exposure, getting out there, the publicity and the exposure out there. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting. We interviewed this gal last week and uh, what's the spice Samantha. Samantha. And she started, there's a boutique grocery store here in town, and she took her spices, and I think they're organic and they're really pure, and she finally got the manager to agree to put them on, like, the lowest shelf he had. And when she started selling and she was put in the meat department on the thing, Uh um, he told her, I didn't think you were going to make it. And she did make it. And he goes, because of your story and success, I'm going to give other independent entrepreneurs the same opportunity I gave you. Right. You know, but she, how many times, I mean, she's knocking on the door, trying to get somebody to take her call. It's a lot of, it takes a lot of determination and a lot of persistence. And I think when people have a dream about something or a vision, or they are thinking that they want to do something, they've got to also envision, um, I'm, I'm thinking that you're going to agree with me on this. They have to envision also all the determination and the work and the sweat and the tears also that go along with all of the rewards. Yeah. The disappointments. The letdowns. Yeah, because there, there's, Mary and I, we've had our share of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, and our yeah. share of disappointments and people who say they're going to do something, but they don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. and or they pull the plug. Or they pull the plug in the 11th hour. I mean, we have our own stories about that. There's so many stories out there. Um, it's, I think, why I'm feeling so much about your story right now when, cause we're kind of discovering the story as we're talking with you on this podcast and Mary and I are looking mm-hmm. at each other and we're like, Oh my gosh, like we feel you, we know yes. where you are right now. Yeah. It's a community. I, I think that a lot of, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I think so. A lot of people now are trying to bring in like entrepreneur groups and just so you can have a support group. Really, it's like going to AA. It's like um, uh, <laughs> you just need somebody to let you know that you're not by yourself. Um, because especially as a solo entrepreneur, you think that no one else is going through this, and you're just like, why is this happening to me? But reality is that it's happening to all of us. Um, it's just that we don't usually know how to find each other because it's a lonely world as a solo entrepreneur, and even as a partner, it's like just two people like, you know what I mean it's just it's it's it feels sometimes like it's just happening to you um well, that's one of and, the yeah that's one of the motivations for us naming our show how mom made it because yeah. we want to bring all these fascinating stories out there to encourage other moms and I love your you know like idea about it's AA hi I'm Mary and I'm a solo entrepreneur <laughs> oh hi Mary <laughs> <laughs> so are we <laughs> Because it's a journey, it is a journey and how mom made it is not the title of the show is not just about like the success at the end of it, or it's really about how you make it. Like, how do you get through it and how do you get to the other side and talking about this and talking about like the journey is so fascinating to us. And what I'm also curious about is the, the factory that you are building, how big is it? Like I, I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around like a visual of how big is this building and what's going, you're going to be doing like coffee and tastings and the actual making of the chocolate. How much space do you need? It's actually pretty small. Um, we, it's a 3000 square foot facility, uh, facility. And um, we literally had to, I, I like, I use every single inch of that space and, and like I, I, I mapped it all out, put all the equipment in. Um, like we did a, a little blueprint of all the equipment, making sure everything fit. Um, we had to have a kitchen that was closed off from every other spot area because you can't have any humidity from the dishwasher machine. It's just like, all right, and this equipment has to be this far away from here because the powders from the from the, from the dates they we don't want them to get onto the finished chocolate. You know what I mean? And it's it, it really is a lot of thought in trying to fit fit everything into a tiny space. And then you have to, have to take into account like where are the employees going to sit when they're taking their breaks? Where are you going to store all the, the all the pallets of, of things that that of finished products? before they go out um, to, to be shipped. And like um, the, when it comes to like the retail front, we're going to have a little 300 square feet retail front um, where, where we're going to have uh, people can come in and, and, and like uh, buy the price that we we're making before. But back when we had our old shop, so they can like buy gelato and crepes and um, stuff like little small things and coffee. Uh, and so like able to like, I mean the coffee machine we're getting, um, it's a little, it's electronic roaster. It's not little, but it's, it's an electronic roaster, uh, electric roaster fire. And uh, so it doesn't require like the, the hood and, and the ventilation and all that stuff. And it takes up a very small footprint. Um, and it's completely uh, economical friendly, uh, eco-friendly. And so basically just like try to fit as much stuff as we can in the little space and, and go from there. As far as the tastings and stuff are concerned, we're going to try to see, we have a winery right next door. Um, and now it's a local, talking. a local winery that, yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to try to see if we can do like little partners, like a partner, a partnering, um, event and do wine tastings along with the chocolate pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what we're trying to do right now. And, and then also try to get little kids in there because we have my little, my daughter's in elementary school and she talks about our chocolate company to a lot of people. And I go in there and do like career day sometimes. And so letting the kids come out and see like, this is what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Um, you can build your own stuff. Like you can do this. Like it's not, I feel like a lot of kids, especially like if they don't have a parent that, that is an entrepreneur, 
it's not even on your radar really and it's like that's like like me like i didn't know any entrepreneurs and i never even had this on my head it just came to me one day <laughs> um listen to and how so like exposing kids to this stuff you're so capable i mean you're learning on the fly you know like the footprint of the whole place yeah I mean, you're so smart. It's just amazing. It's amazing. It's, like it's just, am- <laughs> it's really just amazing. And after through this process, I hope you're keeping notes because you could write a book on this. Exactly. Because yeah. it is just incredible. Honestly, uh, I think that my um, my pitch decks actually are, are the story. Like it tells you the story. Like, and I, I save them. I save each one. Like as I do them, and so that I can go back to the beginning and say, this is what I started with, and. Um, Honestly, the whole process, I actually have a website. I had a website called Single Mommy Marches On. Um, and I started my journey from when I was in Djibouti and how I prepared to launch my business once I got back home. Um, but then once I got home, I didn't have enough time to, <laughs> like, once you actually start, you don't have enough time to keep up with it. But I, my, my, my plan was actually to start, like, to blog and, like, show people this is what you have to do. This is the next step. This is the next step. Um, so the, the beginning of the journey is actually is, is on that website, but I don't I, like since then. I I mean honestly, it's just videos that I try to do. Um, I try to do like thirty second videos every every time I can remember to do them. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I at the very minimum I have a video blog of the whole process, so I can eventually put something together based off of that. Okay, this is it's okay. Amazing. So Teresa, what we're gonna have to do though is we're gonna have to stay in touch and keep you have to keep us updated throughout the process. Because we're going to continue to tell the story. It's just so fascinating. Thank Where you. should we send anyone listening to this show? Where should they, What website should they go to? Uh, they can go to www.bonappasweet.com. So that's B-O-N-A-P as in Papa, P as in Papa, E-S-W-E-E-T.com. Okay. And we'll be sure to put all of this in our show notes on our webpage also for the podcast. So thank you, Teresa, for joining us today. You're listening to How Mom Made It. Thank you for having me. Mary and Heather, the lawyers want you to know a few things about this podcast. First, it's for entertainment and education purposes only. And a few things about us. We're not doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, financial advisors, or professional coaches. As Mary likes to say, we're just talkers. Always seek the advice of professionals. That's it. Thanks for listening.